everyone, to another episode of the Adeptus Ridiculous Podcast. My name is DK Diamantes, his name is Bricky, and what a wonderful morning to bathe in the grim darkness of 40k. But before we do, if you enjoyed today's episode of the Adeptus Ridiculous Podcast, consider maybe mm, supporting us over at patreon.com slash Adeptus Ridiculous, where you can get access to our Discord, bloopers if they happen. The $15 tier gets you access to all of the digital HD posters. It's wonderful. Consider patreon.com slash Adeptus Ridiculous. Bricky, tell them about the book and the merch and... Mm. Well, we're reading Eisenhorn, good old Xenos, so mm. better read that book because it's great stuff. Um, I actually have two big merch announcements I'd like to say. Ooh. The first one is that for those of you who did not get a chance to pick up one of the music of the third mats, they have been restocked. Hell you can yeah. Now grab yourself a music of the third mat. Uh, and if you'd like, they also come in poster and uh, apparel form. So Ooh. if you want to grab one of those, you may. And the second one is, is interesting. So uh, we have finally acquired an embroidery machine. <gasps> no. We uh, are going to begin production on possibly some hats and headwear. Oh, let's uh, go. We are doing a quick test run. So on the store, you will find the Adric hat. It, it says Adric, nice and embroidered, the whole thing. We are selling 50, 5-0, and that's it. Just to Ooh. test out the shipping parameters, what to ship it in, make sure quality is good, all that. So if you want to grab one of the new Adric hats, they are there are 50 currently available. Uh, once those go through and we make sure we really nail down the process, uh, we might have more in other varieties and variations. Hell so, yeah. Exclusive first run. Let's go. So check it out in the store at Orchidate.com down in the description. Hell yeah. Ooh, that's Hell hype. Yeah. That's hype. There's so many designs that would be like, ooh, wouldn't this be great on a hat? We should do a hat. Oh, that's going to open up so many merch possibilities. Let's go. Speaking of, uh, we might have a, uh, I haven't told you to, well, I've shown you a little bit, but Halloween is is shaping up to be quite the time. So I know what you're talking about. Let's yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So uh everyone, you know, just get just get prepped for some Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. All right. So, DK. Yes, sir. I, I I hope uh, you will be happy to hear that I don't really have a quote for you today. Oh, those are my favorite words. When you say those words, it is just, there's like a weight that just lifts off my shoulders because I know that, well, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot today at some point, but at least, you know, not for the quote. Not for the quote. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are many... You know, there's actually a pretty famous quote um, that is uh, from the Tyranids, which this is what this is about the Tyranids, by the way. Um, <gasps> Spoilers! Yeah, I know. Uh, I I realized that after I said it, and I was like, <laughs> "Shit!" Uh, I'm gonna guess this quote is about the Tyranids. Uh, are we talking about Tyranids today? Tyranids? Tyranids? If Tyranids? you if you remember the, Tyranids? the good old uh, what is it the um, the first like Tyran War? There's that that quote from the 
Adeptus Mechanicus guy who's like, mankind cannot survive this by oh, like yeah. by the machine god death. Death <laughs> is here. <laughs> um, yep. Appropriate so, for the Tyranids too, yeah. Just a way uh, with with tenth edition that has rolled around along with uh the newest big bad being High Fleet Leviathan coming to the world and uh causing problems for the well just everyone, mm-hmm. if I'm being perfectly honest. Um the first ever codex of 10th edition has been released. Oh. And it would be the Tyranid Codex. Oh, okay. So they've got a bunch of new rules, bunch of I'm I'm assuming there's some lore in the codex. Cool, cool. Yes. So remember back when when we would do a couple episodes on me grabbing the codex, kind of rifling through it, seeing if there's any cool, interesting lore. Um Personally, yeah. one of my favorite ones that we did for that was the uh, World Leaders one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just really fun. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what today's episode is going to be. We're going to rifle through this codex and and make a, a stopping point on all the interesting uh, markers. Little bits, a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, just talking about nids in general, um, and, cool. and also some fun excerpts I found along with uh, along the way. Um, cool. Also, maybe a bit of complaining. Uh-oh. Complaining because they're too good? Or complaining because no. stuff doesn't make sense lore-wise? Neither, actually. Um, oh. Complaining at some some Games Workshop stuff. Okay. Um, you know how all the codex art in, 10th edition, in 9th edition was really good? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get any new art for this edition. Oh, uh, so it's all like reused assets that they've already shown off, and it's just kind of all recycled? The the Codex Tyranids for 10th edition is the exact same artwork as 9th edition. It is oh. identical. They did not get anyone to make new art. And what is even more infuriating is that if you look at the Tyranid Codex, there is I, I looked at the front and the back and the side. There is not a single part of it that says 10th edition. If you if you get this, you will have no idea if this is for the correct edition of Warhammer unless you look on the back and you see the photo of the Norn Emissary and the Death Leaper in the minis, which you will only know is 10th edition because they came out in 10th edition. Oh, that is unfortunate. That's oof. What is even more unfortunate is that in the Codex, uh, there is about half the lore in it than there was in the prior ones. Ooh. They have massively cut down on the lore. Uh, now, granted, the Tyranids are a, a lore, a, a low lore army because yeah. they're the Tyranids. Yeah, and you have to get the lore from the perspective of something that was killed by it, right? It's not right. like you're getting, you're not going to get a first person POV lore of the Nids. Which actually would be kind of cool if you could get that, because you'd have to, like, it'd be like a hive mind, where it was, like, singing the songs of color from, like, Mass Effect or something, but, yeah. The, um, uh, I will say that the lore that is in here is relatively decent. The, their writers still remain excellent. Okay. And, I mean, granted, their artists are as excellent also. Like, the, the Tyranid cover art is good, it's just reused, and that's annoying. Yeah. Um. There is some interesting stuff uh, here, and there's also an excerpt from a book I wanted to mention, but 
Um, one of the things that they start off with is actually exactly what you referred to, which is the um, visual point of view of someone who has been invaded by the Tyranids. Now, mm-hmm. we know the classic Tyranid MO. They arrive, they shadow in the warp, cut off yep. all communication, and then they slowly kill you all. Yeah, it's just um, a wave of death. In an interesting way, this it kind of reminds me of Mass Effect. Like, you know, the, the, the usual Reaper MO is take over the Citadel, shut off all the mass relays, and then slowly, slowly make their way to every single world and yep. then kill them all. Yep. The Citadel is the big trap, right? Because every, every, they all just like, oh, this is going to be our hub. This is going to be the control point. This is where everybody gathers for intergalactic law. And then they shut down the uh, the hub. Right. Which they, they don't do in Mass Effect 3 because, uh... uh sh- oh, wait, no, they don't arrive to, um... They don't take the Citadel, I don't think. They don't, they, they, they don't arrive to it. We, we're... Are we kind of protecting it? Isn't that the reason why? I, we- you know, actually, I, I don't remember why. Wait, yeah, why would you? Why, why would you attack Earth instead of the Citadel? Oh wait, no, they attacked Earth because it was on the fringe of the galaxy because they were moving from the Batarian space. They were just so tired of uh, Shepard thwarting their plans on the Citadel. They were like, ah, let's try something else. Yeah, when they did attack the Citadel, they did take it over in like literally fifteen minutes. And then, and then we all mass relay in for a cool space battle instead of them turning off the re- you know, Shy <laughs> Mass Effect Three. We can be on this for a while. Yeah, we, we gonna, oh boy, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna let's 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 put this down for a sec because oh no. Uh, so the first little excerpt that starts off here is actually pretty fun. It is from the a planetary governor or um or the former governor of an area, maybe the planet, but like of an area. Um, that was taken over by the Nids. And it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty fascinating read because it's kind of like the general diary of this governor guy. Okay. He talks about how it's been four months since they came, two since I abandoned my wife and daughter to save myself. I do not pray for forgiveness for I am unworthy of it. I only beseech the most holy God emperor that this record may survive the death that now rapidly engulfs my world. It was talking about signs of the Tyranids arrival, uh, inconspicuous deaths and murders that kind of sounded like gang violence, but weren't Ah, gene stealers, Uh, gene stealers, acts of sabotage, uh, Vanguard organisms, which are like lictors and uh, like the initial or like uh, tendrils. Oh Yeah. Because one of uh, the Tyranids' main things is to fire out like lictors and death leapers, because predator allegory, yep, and then yep. gene stealers, and just yeet them everywhere into the galaxy. And, and once they arrive, I kind of probe the planet for biomass. Yep. Ugh. And then once they arrive, you're kind of screwed. You're Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. also so, this governor. What a piece of work abandoning his wife and children. Ugh. He he is pretty melancholy in this whole excerpt. He's very much like, yeah, I I deserve to rot in hell. He yeah, is my, my cowardice. Yeah, yeah, uh, self aware, but yeah, he's he's still probably gonna rot in hell or whatever forty so, k's hell is. I guess that's the warp, but it's the warp, yeah, yeah. So 
as they went, uh, eventually he mentioned the shadow descended, lost contact with neighboring worlds and naval bases, uh, relationships with staunch friends built up over centuries were gone with ear bleeding, uh, astropath screams and servitors scrape. Um, the, uh, he kept this all from his, from his people. Didn't tell any of them. Oh, it's yeah. just like the the typical. Well, I don't want to cause a panic. Imagine if people found out that there were maybe tyrannids coming. Everybody would lose their mind, and there'd be no control. So, ironically, that's what happened anyway, because the shadow in the warp affects regular humans still, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they mm-hmm. begin to panic, have paranoia, uh, and then he eventually wasn't able to hide the bio ships literally in atmosphere. Yeah, kind of hard begin. to hide that one. Yep. So they this is this is actually really interesting because it goes through a few of the other things that are lesser known talked about stuff in, in the NIDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it first off started with orbital bombardment of trillions of tons of spore matter being launched at the atmosphere, Ew. including you know, <laughs> in bomb, like you know, scream screeching acids, spines, oh. or just uh, gestation pods filled with tyranids. Yummy. But, a great portion of it would screw around with the atmosphere of the world. The southern tundras doubled in humidity and temperature. Oh, the, boy. The uh, sand flats, the devoid of all life, began to teem with, like, alien creep, kind of like the Zerg, covered yeah. in the in, in tyranid stuff. Oh, God, that sounds so gross, but so, so on par for the tyranids. just so just raining disease basically and just the they would uh, continue to billow more clouds of spores crop (laughs) fields would stop producing food because it couldn't grow in the temperatures anymore that makes sense oh i thought you were gonna say that well the temperature and because you know the spores and and all of the death and the nids that are landing everywhere and the It mentioned how uh, upon the high walls, turrets with uh, automated servitor slaves would fire until the barrels melted and then they couldn't <laughs> fire anymore because yep. of just the never ending onslaught of beasts. Yep, that's like beasts. a common theme with the Nids is people literally firing their gun until it just <laughs> it dies out. Barrel explodes, melts, no more ammo. Yeah. They, they was, he was talking about like, ah, oh, yes, see the stupidity of the alien as they would like mine them to death. But then, <laughs> but then eventually they just ran out of mines and they yep. kept going. And then they started bringing in thicker, larger creatures to deal with the larger guns. And they adapted like within days. Yep. That's their thing. They adapt and then you die. They, uh, so they eventually boarded some aircraft to fly out over to the ocean and a various, a couple fortresses there, which they found to be a quick mistake as the Tyranids would rise from the water mm-hmm. and start attacking them. I was going to say how cute they think flying to the water is going to save them. Adorable. They started using aircraft as a way to bomb down the Tyranids. And then the Tyranids responded in kind with their own winged creatures. <laughs> I was going to say, taking to the air is not going to save you from the Nids. They have plenty of flyers to deal with your shenanigans. And it just it kept on going. But I found yeah. the most interesting part being where him and like five people survived on one of the highest mountains in 
the uh, in on the planet, and the, one of them had uh, cut themselves on a mountain rock that left the pilot screaming in agony as the Ooh. wound was immediately infected. Oh by, no! By just the air, <laughs> the spores in the air. Oh my god, that's. I mean, that, I never thought of. Yeah, I never thought of literally just like the air was filled with spores and bacteria from the nids to the point where one little cut and bah, immediate instant infection that just leaves you writhing in agony. Oh, that's awful. I hate that. It's such a, a weird thing to think about. But like, yeah, a viral disease created by the Tyranids by bombing with spores across the planet would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It tracks with the Tyranids, and it's just so... The uh, A few of the other people were dragged away by other, like, lictors and and various uh, different beasts up top. Mm -hmm. It says, quote, A justly deserved end will soon be mine. I have failed on every possible level. We were not even able to send word. An alien disease has me within its grasp, my limbs are numb, my tongue is dry as sand, and my head throbs. Even at these chilled heights, I sweat profusely. So, uh, below me is the Radahern Ocean. The water level is visibly dropping, hour by oh. hour. They, they will not even leave our water. Dang. So, I may be at high altitude, but the air is thinner here than it, it should be. I know enough about mountaineering to know that. They won't even leave our air. Oof. Yeah, they eat everything. They take it all. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. But he is, he is, I, I don't want to say I'm glad he's suffering, but he, he he's right. It is a well-deserved death that he's getting, because, oof. Says, uh, his... I mean, it's it's just crazy to assume that, like, yeah, if it has biomass, it must be taken. And, like, yeah, the air has microorganisms. Yep, and they're going to take it, and they're going to they're gonna put it in the soup. It's Soup's crazy. on. Su- soup's on, boys. <laughs> yeah. I have shown boundless weakness these past months, even with that. Oh, sorry. I see the power of our foe, and though I have shown boundless weakness these past months, I do not see how we could ever have won. That is true. Like, there's no way they could... There's no way this planet would have survived. Like, unless... Unless they had, like, spotted the Gene Stealers early, been super sus of them, and sent word to the Imperium, and the Imperium, like, brought a full force or something, maybe... But what are the chances of that happening? Blow themselves up. Yeah. Oh, that's true. They could have just, you know, nuked the planet and just, yeah, I guess. E- even that doesn't always work. That's true. Uh, the nids would probably just adapt to the radiation and whatever. The um, the whole, like, it's just the, the idea that, like, okay, the nids arrive and they, they scrap the planet of everything. It, it is a rock in space. It has no atmosphere or air. It has no water. It has no anything. It's just a floating asteroid. It literally becomes a moon. Jeez. That's... So, man, like, you know the Tyranids eat everything, but just, I don't know. When you hear about the governor being like, yeah, they're eating the air. It's just like, that's crazy. 
it's it's and it's a really um creepy way to realize that like i i've been a mountaineer for a bit i know the air should not be this thin yeah like, that, that's they a won't really, even like, leave the air alone <laughs> it's a really panic inducing thing to think about oh yeah definitely so going through this codex they talk about the psychic warfare the shadow in the warp um shadow in the warp of course normally astropaths like it's already bad for you in like a mental state but you know the regular people often experience extreme fear paranoia outrage so even before the nids arrive they'll often be like rioting and like doomsday cults breaking apart the entirety of the planet to begin with Oh, so it's even worse because, like, the populace is completely paranoid and already turning against themselves. And then the Nids show up. And then the Nids show up. Oh, great. It's a two-for-one special, everybody. Of course, using psychic powers in general is a pretty quick way to blow your head up. Uh, <laughs> Astropaths try to send word. Sometimes it works, so they, like, really push themselves. What was what was the one in the Leviathan thing? The Astropath... Um, uh, sent word and burst every blood vessel in their body. Oh, <laughs> I and, don't and they, remember they that, it. but holy, they did it. But oh yeah. god, yeah. But obviously, you know there are there are variations to it. Like a space marine psyker is different than a, a oh yeah, astropath. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the psychic warfare is pretty, pretty, pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff an interesting, in 40K is yeesh. There's a really interesting, fascinating thing here, though, and it's titled Inexplicable Phenomena. And it says that the longer the scholars of the galaxy study the Tyranid menace, the more bewildered they become of the Xenos interactions with the warp. In some ways, the Tyranids appear empirically inert. They have, uh, Order of Xenos have seen at times where splinter feet, uh, fleets will be swallowed by warp rents only to emerge from the immaterium completely unfazed in a different region of the galaxy. Oh. Just randomly get swallowed up by the warp because of random warp stuff mm-hmm. and appear elsewhere unchanged. Like, not like nothing going on. Wow, that's 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 a that's a pretty impressive little thing. Because uh, when you get swallowed into the warp, isn't it just like, oh, here's just a flood of demons everywhere. Don't have a Geller field? Too bad. Here's the demons. Um, it, yeah, which is kind of yeah, kind of weird though, because obviously in lore there are times in which the Nids do fight demons. It's happened before. Yeah, yeah. It's but not it's, like they're immune to demons and the warp. It's just they're the shadow of it, right? Well, the shadow of the warp is like the unhealthily gigantic psychic signal that is sent. Yeah. Um, which obviously like that, obviously the Tyranids utilize the warp. Like it, it has to go through that. If you're going to mess with psychers. Yeah. Um, the question is why are they unaffected? Yeah. Um, but also in a weird way, you know, well, yeah, they hate fighting demons because demons provide zero biomass. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that's true because they 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 just end up respawning back in the warp at some point. Do demons just like disappear when you kill them in real space? Yeah, yeah, like they, their their warp stuff just gets sucked back into uh into the warp again. 
Oh, I guess I didn't. I guess I just thought like when a demon died, it just like it was like a like a whole rebirth. Like their old body would still be there, but they would just whoop, get. Oh you know, no! I think, they, I think they like implode. They're like, ah, oh, okay. I I never. Yeah, okay. Yeah, then yeah, the the, the Tyranids would absolutely hate demons and fighting them because yeah, no food, no biomass. They just implode on themselves and disappear. Yeah, they'd hate that. Though I wonder, like, why? Because, because you know, it looks like a corn, right? Mm-hmm. Corn would probably despise the Tyranids because there's no <laughs> real martial prowess in it. There's, there's not really like a like a this the sport yeah. of murder. It's just kind of instinct. Yeah, um, he would. Hate I, them, I, mean, I think sure. Nurgle probably would love them because of the amount of toxins and stuff. Oh but. yeah, I, the, Nurgle and the Nids probably go hand in hand. Like Nurgle just. Mm, man, I am eating good when the Nids are around. Actually, I guess you might consider Nurgle not liking them. Really? Because yeah, because there's no like true death or rot or decay because everything is reused and reutilized. Oh, well, that's true. Everything just kind of just gets turned into a slurry. So it just kind of gets repurposed into biomass to turn into more Nids and more stuff. There is actually a, a fascinating little bit, uh, an excerpt here of the Death Guard fighting the Tyranids. It oh, says, that uh, would be an interesting fight. It says the the doom of Hess Victorians fourth and seventh engagement the Tyranids high fleet amidst the steaming jungle. Uh, blah, blah. Uh, when the swarms <laughs> deploy toxicrines and venom thropes to poison the environment, the Death Guard respond with plague spells, virus bombs, and demonic diseases. With neither <laughs> side willing to back down. The atmosphere of Hess becomes even more toxic until the jungles and even the warring armies are reduced to a gory, bubbling soup. The first <laughs> Tyranid hive ship to taste this poison slurry recoils, its pro- proboscis melting, and is bombarded into oblivion by the rest of the fleet. Oh, Hesp wow. Hesp is <laughs> left an endless sea of toxic slime, too virulent for even the hive fleets to devour. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Wow, it's so toxic. It's so gross that even if the Tyranids drank the biomass, they're like, oh, what is it? Ah, ah, it's a prank. There's, That's um, pretty it's great, a actually. Prank, or it's, it's rank. Just, it's just a prank, bro. Like the damn, the damn uh, death. They spiked I mean, the I mean, soup. That is a gigantic Nurgle W right there. Oh, that's a huge Nurgle W that they made the soup so gross that even the Nids couldn't drink it. And the Nids that did drink it died. That's well, all the great. Death Guard, all the Death Guard like died too. The, well, all the Nurgle forces, the atmosphere was so toxic, they just bubbled to a soup. <laughs> that's, oof. Yeah, a fight between the Nids and the Death Guard is just, oh, oh. You wouldn't yeah, want to that, be on the on the planet while that's happening. That is true. Uh, Shy makes a great point. Nids uh, did. Uh, you want to read this one? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, Nids figured out a way to fight chaos, though. They have specialized anti-chaos fleet chronos that have lots of psyker bugs to counter warp. And Leviathan fleet collects food from other non-chaos worlds and feeds anti-chaos force. Cool. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. The um, Kronos do because I know that the High Fleet still has to deal with chaos because chaos is the mm-hmm. gigantic realm of the Immaterium. You know, it, it's the yin yeah. to the yang. 
Um, but I think it's just like I don't think either force really likes fighting the nids, and the nids don't really like fighting demons for the most part. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes wonder because. We discussed the hive mind, right? Yeah. And there's a little excerpt on the hive mind in this book. And the it basically says what we think it says, which is, we have no idea what it is. <laughs> of course. No one's ever actually seen the hive mind or the hive queen or whatever's at the center of uh, well, the hive mind, right? Ooh, have quite. we? I believe, I always say one space marine, but I think there's two. Uh, I, I always get this screwed up, and I'm always corrected on it. Um, mm-hmm. I believe hi, uh, our chief librarian, Tigerius, and I think Mephiston of the Blood Angels. Ah, Mephiston they're, Red. Yeah, I, I, there might be another one. I, I may missing. Uh, I, I think I do this every time. But I believe they are the only psychers to have ever peered into the hive mind for a very short, and I mean a short, period of time yeah i gotta believe if you peer too long into the hive mind it is just going to blow your head clean off you just you just evaporate into a mist like that which is kind of what i wonder because like what do we refer to the hive mind as because there's the it's a very short excerpt in this book but Mm -hmm. it's like the major biologist can't really determine what it is even though the swarm uh, makes its way towards the galactic core some say it is a synaptic control web by, well, it's, it is a synaptic control web specialized by the node beasts and stuff and the synapse creatures. Yeah. But is it like, is it a, this alien sentience, is it a god? Is it Ooh, a yeah, galactic yeah. meta predator, gestalt psychic presence? Is it just the combined psychic might of the Norn queens together? Does every creature have like a psychic power, much like the Eldar, and therefore, but unlike the Eldar who have kind of have their own gods, Mm -hmm. is this all just one really big god? I don't really know. Who knows? Uh, You think they'll ever say, you think we'll ever find out what the hive mind actually is? You think they'll ever do that? So it's hard to determine one. I would, I don't know if they should, because it kind of removes a little bit of the intrigue of the nids Yeah, and the mystique. And it's not like, it's not like you're ever going to be able to field the hive mind because why would you, it's not like they're going to make a mini for the damn thing. So as a right. lore piece, it probably would be better if it just stayed a mystery. That being said, I, I guess one of my theories is that, so, so the nids are fiercely intelligent. We're aware of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if the nids have this level of psychic power and and mental and mental like the shadow and the warp and all that stuff, like I want to make this clear, the nids know like can, can know what humans are doing. Oh because, yeah, because because they yeah, have yeah. this level of psychic power. If the hive mind and the nids wanted to literally communicate, they could. This isn't the alien doesn't understand English. Like with this psychic power, it makes complete sense that if the hive mind wanted to communicate, it absolutely can. I had never thought about that. And just the fact that it's like, oh yeah, if the hive mind wanted to, it could, it could talk to us, but no, it chooses to eat everything and you and your family because it, it probably thinks you are just a low level intelligence that is not worthy of being communicated with. Oh, hell oh, yeah. That's, oh, I never thought about that at all. Shai and I were literally sharing the same brain cell. You want to you read this? 
Uh, sure. Uh, in the short story Shadow of Leviathan, Tigerius is confronted by a Malceptor, which was seemingly sent by the hive mind specifically to assassinate him. Tigerius kills it and looks into its mind. His thoughts were ground under the rel- relentless clamor of an alien intelligence far older and crueler than he had ever suspected. This intelligence was nothing like the others. The Leviathan was stronger than the Behemoth and more dangerous than the Kraken. Worse, he'd been wrong. Uh, There was a mind there amidst the hunger, a true mind, a fierce self-awareness that put the torch to every assumption and scrap of knowledge about the Tyranids that he'd possessed. And that mind hated him. It wanted vengeance. It wanted him. For the first time, Vero Tigerius felt the first stirrings of fear. Such a thing could not be defeated. His will was as nothing next to that of the hive mind. It would devour him and then Cantipure. And after that, the subsector, it could not be stopped. Even Holy Terra would fall. Ooh. So, I mean, it, it, makes, it makes sense. There is a question, you know, like, does the mind hate him for basically murdering this uh, Malceptor? Does it hate him as in the, like, humanity, the species? Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, it's obviously like there's Ooh. obviously something here with with sentience and understanding. Based yeah. on what we know about the warp, there is no way for us to uh, to doubt that it could communicate with us if it wants to, but it would, will not. It, oh. it it refuses to, and it decides instead to just murder us. Well, I mean, I I guess to the hive mind, we are not the top of the food chain, right? We're we're kind of somewhere in the middle, and and they're at the top of the food. It'd be like if we tried to communicate with chickens, right? We could. We're not gonna. I'll take a six piece meal. Yeah, thank you. It, it would be like the chicken, like trying to communicate with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like no, I'll just I'll just, I'll just take a, a KFC bucket. I'll, I'll take a family meal. Thanks. See, Whew. it says um, that, that that's is yeah is not to be communicated with. We are simply prey to be found and devoured. Yep. Um, but how it hates us, who knows? Uh, it, it's ov- we know that the Tyranids come from the galactic void, the the dark between stars. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, there is an excerpt on the silent king good old zarek where yeah. he talks about quickly rising up the necrons on the fringes of space hundreds of worlds and they are entirely dedicated to keeping the nids at bay so there there is a part of space that is full full to the brim of crons and they are all being directed by the king to deal with the tyranid one of the tyranid tendrils oh boy that is, that's a lot. That is a whole lot of just everything. That's a lot. The Silent King is not a not a great guy, uh, but he seems to be one of the few altruistic people for his own species, where yes. he's like, if the Tyranids eat everything, we'll never get our bodies back. Yeah, and you'll never get your empire back. You'll never be able to take anything back if the Nids turn everything into biomass soup. So, 
other than that, and I, you know, actually, one last thing: the on the warp question, if the hive mind is just a a, it could be a god. Far as we know, it could be just the the insane might of all the Norn queens together. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I I wonder if the demons are like, whoa, now okay, a big man on campus. I'm just not <laughs> not going to touch that because there's just no point. Like, why would I even yeah. bother dealing with the Tyranid bioships? Yeah, although I mean, Chaos probably has the. I don't want to say Chaos has the best chance of fighting the Nids because like the Nids can't eat them. But the best you, chance is, is the Necrons, I honestly think. Yeah, the Necrons seem... Well, you, you you need a lot more Necrons. You need a lot more Tomb Worlds to wake up, right? Because then you can sort of even out the numbers a little bit. But, I think it's mainly because once a Necron dies, it's translocated back to the Monolith and then can be remade. Oh, um, true, true. Or, or, Does it or technically... like Do Nids eat Necrons? and turn Because they can turn them into biomass, yes? No, they're just metal shells. That's true. Well, I mean, metal, you could still break that down into something, right? It leaves something behind. You could probably. They, they'll eat probably the water in the air, but I don't I don't think you can turn Necrons into anything. Oh, okay. Um, though, I, I will say, I think orcs might be an okay chance. Remember <laughs> uh, the, the orc battle with Kripman, where the two of them fought each other for so long, the orcs kept getting stronger and bigger, and the nids and kept so getting more biomass? And so did the nids. Yep, yep. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. The orcs might yep. have an okay chance. Yeah, I, I guess the orcs would. Orcs too stupid, though. So they had a. They actually have a really interesting excerpt about Tyranid bio ships mm-hmm. as well. Um, more particularly, so, so a Tyranid bio ship, Shai can post a picture or two. These are like colossal, gigantic, uh, ships with huge maws covered in tentacles that like will reach oh. out and grab ships and break them apart. And yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I saw the trailer for that one game, the cinematic one, and it has the bio ships that are literally eating and taking chunks out of other ships. Yeah, the uh, Battlefleet Gothic, I think, is what it was. Yeah, oh, those are those are very cool, very gross. Uh, but yeah, I love those. And that was a hell of a cinematic too. Sheesh. There is a part. Uh, there's a segment in here talking about not just bio ships and what they are, but also the act of boarding one. Oh yeah, that'd probably be pretty gross because it's a living ship. Right, so the interior is is horribly dark, but mm-hmm. what's interesting is that it's very difficult to know where you're boarding. <laughs> so sometimes you'll board one area, and you, it'll turn out to be a sack of acid or a, a spawning <laughs> chamber for Molochs, and you're like, oh god, ooh yeah, you don't want to be there. You definitely don't want to spawn in on the uh, on the Moloch breeding tubes. It's apparently just covered in viscous dark conditions, encounters with pulsating encephalic matter, creeping tentacles with black orbs for eyes, nests of needle-like teeth, and chambers filled with choking spores and toxic miasma. Uh, Furthermore, survivors tell of bizarre gravitic and sonic effects, as well as clouds of biostatic, screwing with rendering scanning, render scanning, navigational, and targeting equipment. Um, The worst thing, so survivors say, is that the bioship itself knows its insides have been invaded and reacts like a physical body trying to expel an infection, sealing and opening channels within itself, 
The beast corrals its invaders where it wills. Those who escape entrapment and the crushing of the walls like an arterial passageway will find themselves soon covered in corrosive ichor, digestive juices, choking gases, or vicious warrior organisms flooding the chambers they occupy. Ew. <laughs> That's so gross. Uh, but so on point for the Tyranids. But I do kind of love the fact that it reacts the way anybody would to, like, a foreign entity. It walls off where you are, and then it sends in, like, the white blood cells to just crush you because you're you're a foreign matter in the body. I kind of dig that. That's cool. There's a, a great excerpt later on about a commissar who fights uh, one of those new Tyranid models, the uh, Nero Tyrant, like the floating mm. brain bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it slowly makes its way towards her and her guardsmen, like it's an ear shredding migraine, like <laughs> just impossible to handle. But yeah. when it gets really close to her, she just can't move. Her entire body is completely limp and she's staring out with her eyes and the thing just kind of grabs her very slowly and just bites her head off. Oh man, that's that. God, the Tyranids are brutal. They're really brutal. Oh it's, it's God, really- they're so skin crawlingly brutal the nor we we talked about a little bit of the norn emissaries as well Mm -hmm. uh those new models which look just so nominal yeah oh my god looks so good um and they're being one of the more interesting new tyranid bioforms because they seem to be made as a extension of the hive mind of the Norn Queens specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But they are, they are known for having a singular purpose. That's actually one of their rules is called singular purpose. Mm -hmm. The idea is that they go out and they, they, they commit assassinations. um, Right. uh, Resource gathering artifact stealing. uh, Just really interesting, bizarre stuff. And for such a giant model, they're incredibly lithe and fast, and they kind of stalk. Yeah. You would send a Norn Emissary for resource gathering? Yeah. They, they, so they sent some to, um, uh, I think they sent them to the gene vaults, so if, the, if the one chapter to like, take the gene. Oh, okay. Stuff. See, when um, you said resource gathering, gun. when you said resource gathering, for some reason, my mind immediately went to, like, oh, you're sending them to go farming? Like, Oh, my... <laughs> You, what are you gonna sweep along some corn and and like pick apples and stuff? Like what? I feel like they might have uh you know they better use somewhere else doing something important. But yeah, uh, retrieving gene seed and stuff like that important resource gathering. <laughs> they, in a in a fun way, uh, when you run a Norn emissary on the tabletop, their ability singular purpose is one of two options. You either pick an objective marker on the battlefield. And if you're standing on it, you just have like you can become way tougher and also have a huge amount of control. So it'll take like 20 models to take you off of it if you're not dead. Yeah, I was going to say Norn emissaries are already strong as it is. Or you pick one enemy unit in the enemy army and you get full rerolls to hit a wound against it. So it's like assassination or gather. Ooh. It's pretty Seems cool. Seems like I, I don't know on the tabletop. I would rather have the gather one that makes you like super tanky when you're on like objective. Because isn't that like a big part of the tabletop is like capturing and holding objectives? It is. Uh, though you know you might argue that 
ooh, the enemy has Magnus. Maybe we should oh, get rid yeah. of him quickly. Yeah. True, true, true. And so it'd be a good way depends. to table table your uh, opponent too, if you wanted to. Just you know, right? It all, assassinate it all their high value. Yeah. Now, for some reason, I can't imagine the uh, Norn emissary without like a like a farmer's straw hat and overalls on. The corn the emissary. Gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the literally, corn. the corn emissary. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The last little uh, segment in this book uh, that was rather fascinating, I think, was the talk about an Inquisitor. The oh. Inquisitor was surrounded by data slates, servo scrolls, like parchments, etc. And they were finished playing the final Vox recording of that governor who had died earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. This person is, is centuries old rejuvenate surgery, all kinds of stuff, entirely focused to studying the Tyranid situation for the Ordo Xenos. Mm-hmm. And the whole excerpt is them going over these data slates and scrolls, even speaking with like Eldar Corsairs and people about the Tyranid menace. And he's just like, Tyranid, he's you know listening to this stuff. This discipline is hard to maintain against such a horrifying foe, as many of the men are driven to terror. In several reported instances, entire sectors have disappeared beneath it. The consumption of the planet under attack is continuous from the moment the hive ships achieve low orbit, etc., etc., talking about commissars and so on. This Inquisitor always has a bottle of Amasek on their uh, hip. (laughs) Yep, yep. Just to always make sure that they're, uh, just to keep themselves down a little bit from their stress. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta have that little little bottle of Vamersec. Gotta have your booze. Sure, sure. It was basically the entire excerpt is this Inquisitor being like, "We, I have no idea what to do." It is I've studied this for like oh. three hundred years. <laughs> I I can't find a single way we survive this. In the entire excerpt, he's looking over at his Laz pistol, promising him a quick way out. Oh wow. That's that 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 is that is that's one hell of a way to I'm assuming that's like the end ish of the codex is just him being like, well, we there's nothing we can do like we can't there's no way we win against the Tyranids. So the last part goes like this. Every night, Uzir has his name was haunted by the terrible conclusions the collective had reached. He would not have been surprised if now these estimates were already too hopeful Uh, data slate quote. Number of instances in which Tyranid bioforms have survived the exterminatus. Dash. The high fleets we have thus far encounter represent but the vanguard of a larger force. Dash. There may, <laughs> in fact, be more high fleets than there are worlds. Dash. Current, immobiliz- oh. current mobilization levels will be needed to increase to a minimum of 500%. If we are oh. even to stand a chance of slowing the advance of the hive mind, every able-bodied man and woman on every world in the Ultimum Segmentum, Segmentum Pacificus, and Segmentum Solar will be needed to be drafted into the Imperial Guard. And that was before the Great Rift had opened. Oh! Uzir thought, <laughs> Uzir thought and I'd Polantir his uh, Mastercrafted Laz Pistol. It promised him oblivion. It promised him escape. All it would take was one pull of the trigger. Oh man. And that's the last bit of lore of the codex. Oh boy, that is that is that is a hell of a way to end the codex. Jeez. 
I mean, I I I knew the Tyranid threat was was looming and it was big, but god damn. I I think they wanted to, that as the sticking point of being like not only you should not have any idea how to deal with this. Like you should have an uncountable level of pure dread. Oh yeah. When dealing with the nids, it's just there's there's nothing you can do. You might be able to survive encounters, but you're not winning the war against the nids. Damn. I so, love that. That that's great. It's it's a really cool excerpt. Um, and it's it's a really great way to instill that like pure existential fear and dread. Yep, that, that once they show it. up, you're you might as well just do it yourself. Oof. Would you like uh would you like to hear a little bit of of pristine horror before we end? Oh, I always love to hear pristine horror. Please, please, uh waiter, bring me my meal. So there is an excerpt in a White Scars book called mm-hmm. The Last Hunt, in which a auger station, um, which is like, you know, auger is like a, um, what would you call that? Like, like a scanning equipment, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little a little orbital auger station is out to, you know, pings where enemies are and, and maps yeah. and that kind of jazz. Um, it has been... Uh, assaulted by the Tyranids. Okay. And a this is an excerpt of a Tyranid bioship that eats their station. Ooh. Um, like, I'm talking like a gigantic Tyranid bioship flies towards them, opens its <laughs> mouth as large swallows as... Swallows them whole. <laughs> and swallows the entire station whole. Alright, cool, cool, cool. It's just that, alright, alright. It, it's really awful. Like this is an a horrendous excerpt. It is just it is so so awful. So it doesn't um, even chew them. It just swallows them whole, and they're just sitting in this thing's belly. So, uh, yeah, it's so the excerpt goes. Oh God, Emperor Ankum stammered over and over. Corday was quietly sobbing, his head in his hands, and Serene just stared. The image of the view screen reflected in her wide dark eyes. Only oh. Crassus, the commander, turned away from the display. Walked to his worn leather of his command chair and sat down. Crew members, in the past decades of service, it shames me to admit that I have not said this enough. Regardless, there was ever a time, Throne knows it has been an honor to man this station with you. Uh, people were, were un- unresponsive, breathing was labored. Without any more uh, orders to give, he simply sat there on his chair watching the view screen. Part of the crew was having a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I imagine almost everybody else on the crew was having a panic attack because yikes. One of them had slumped to the deck, shaking and weeping uncontrollably as the lights of all the stars went dim as the mouth collapsed over the auger station. And it started quiet and then it was thrown with excessive force slam uh, like like a bunch of things you know broke yep, and, and yep. explode that kind of stuff and it got really quiet for a second uh-huh and i said do you hear that they they plan to board us <laughs> on the on the hull 
And right then, a giant uh, stream of green acid came from the ceiling, landing directly on the crew chap- uh, captain's tear, oh, slothing no. off all of his flesh and bone immediately. Oh, Christ. It, all it's right. All splashed right. all across the 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 deck onto some of the crew members <clears throat> eating through the skin, getting yeah. to the bone, and then came the maggots in the slime. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> little little things with hard black shells began eating away at all of the individual crew members. Uh, <laughs> Eyes uh, would r- ran like liquid from sockets as the uh, as the acid would rip the meat from the bone of the crew members. Oh. One of the dudes who was crying uncontrollably just f- just literally dived into all the acid and killed himself. Yeah, probably probably going to be much quicker that way than letting all of the little uh, maggots eat you. Ugh. And the the one of the final guys, Daverick, died slowly. On his oh, knees, no. eaten up inch by inch by the bile and the sightless, burrowing things that swam in it. They eventually oh, flooded his throat, choking and suffocating him as he ate. they ate out his eyes and bored through his nose, ears, and into his brain. Oh, my God. I'm going to link this if you want to read the whole thing, because it oh. is... I, oh, I, I gave my. you the easy version. This thing is awful. God, oh my God, that's uh he and uh that dude probably felt like all of it. Like almost all of it. Like, oh my god, that is just yep, that is pristine grim dark horror and oh uh, it is I am unsettled. It is awful. It is one of I, I I gotta say, out of all of the like the disgusting, horrible things that happen in, in grim dark books, th- this is one of the one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's just the description <laughs> and the calm before the storm of everyone like panicking and crying. It's just like yep. it's so real feeling in an awful, awful way. Like everyone's stuck in a sinking ship. Yeah, and there's you, you, you can't just bail, and it's just. Oof. And it is as terrifying as they thought it would be. Like, they were not unjustified to panic like they did, because, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's going to stay with me for a little bit today. That's uh, that's that's the shenanigans we've got today. Yeah. Oof. I, I didn't think the nids could get any grosser or creepier or scarier, and congratulations, they have. Wonderful. Yay! Yay! Existential dread! I do like, uh, I think I saw like a nid with a top hat, and I don't know why. Oh, no, 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 we were talking about the corn emissary. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the with the straw hat. I like The it. one piece is real. The one piece is real. <laughs> the hive mind is real. The hive mind is real. The hive mind is real.